When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, there's Purple Daily. There's uh, the Before I Die show. There's Vent Line. There's Purple Access, which you have hit upon right now. Zolgad, Declan Goff, as always, executive producing. Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune joining me as he does once a week. Uh, all right, Chip, let's start here. Were you? Did you see, and, and if so, were you as surprised as I was to see that uh, Patrick Peterson on his All Things Covered podcast went out of his way to say how surprised he was Ed Donatell was fired and how he loved the defense and how he wants them to stick w- with an aggressive 3-4, okay? Some of these things don't add up. First of all, they played a 3-4, but I didn't think it was aggressive. And second of all, yeah. And second of all, why would anybody be surprised Ed Donatel got fired after the season that defense put together? Yeah, and it's Pat P is normally not one that um, has to sell something, you know. Right. I mean, uh, we saw it with Kyler Murray that he, he normally speaks his mind, and he he does that with us. And so, um, I'm sure he liked probably Ed Donatel as a person, and I'm sure he probably liked the scheme and and all that, I I find it hard to believe that he was surprised. Um, I don't think anybody was surprised. Yes, um, this is what I'm curious about and um, why I sort I, – I think O'Connell knew he was going to fire Donatel when we had our in-season in the presser, just didn't want to address it at that time. They wanted to talk about the team and the culture and all that and then put out the press release a day later. Um, but I'm curious. I assume he's married to the 3-4. Um, that was a big part of, you know, he talked about Fangio system and that's what he, you know, he likes, that's, that's what's hard to go against. Um, is what I think he said when he, um, brought in Donatel. So I assume that hasn't changed. He just felt like he had the wrong guy running it, Judd. Um, but I'm not sure the personnel you have fit it yet. And so how long does that transition take to where you get the right personnel to run that scheme? I don't know. And this is going to sound weird because clearly Kevin O'Connell is a, is a good offensive coach. But, you know, Chip, it's funny. In all of sports, I think the biggest discrepancy is head coaches who always now, you know, obviously come from one side of the football unless they're a special teams guy and that and those guys are rare. Harbaugh in Baltimore is one, but Kevin O'Connell, good offensive coach, but he's the latest guy who you watch the other side of the ball play. 
And as much as these guys try to break down that side of the ball to beat it, you know, Zimmer mm-hmm. with offense, O'Connell with defense, it is startling sometimes how uh, how oblivious they can be to what needs it, to be done there. Because, like, you're exactly right. So how did Kevin O'Connell sit down and watch film of Kendricks and say, 3-4, baby, you know? Yeah. Maybe he doesn't care. He didn't care as much. Um you know what I'm saying? Is maybe he said this. This is a scheme that's going to work long term, and if it does, if we have some short term pain because the pieces don't mit, uh, match, well then we'll we'll fix that through free agency drafting, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that way we're not doing one thing one year, another thing the next year, um, and you know you'll just live with uh, you know some clunkiness early on. He probably didn't think they'd be one of the worst defenses in pro football when when you're doing that. Yeah. Um, but I, I can I can understand when you're coming in, you know, saying I just don't want to be changing schemes every other year. I mean, yes, we could run this this year because uh, the personnel that we have that are under contract don't necessarily line up with the three four. But I don't want to run a four three this year and then a three four next year. Um, we'll solve the personnel thing as we go along. Let's implement the the, per, the, the scheme that we have. So I, I guess I don't. Um, I. That doesn't surprise me. I think winning covered up or allowed O'Connell not to be as forceful as he probably wanted to be with, hey, this thing's a mess. You need to be more aggressive. You need to be less uh, predictable. We didn't hear that until they had the one real bad loss. Um, And so I think in hindsight, maybe – I'm not saying he didn't address those things with Donatello privately. But he didn't. He wasn't forceful publicly until it felt like uh, they were in a free fall defensively. Yeah, I think the most important thing too, Chipper, and you used the word as well, is this aggressiveness. Um, I just, I'll never understand why defenses go down not swinging, and like it seemed like yeah. the Vikings did. Like there was like like what was the aggressive? And and Pat P talked about this, and he basically said our defense was solid enough as long as the front four or the front three, but as long as the front got pressure. And then when we didn't, which was basically the second half of the season, and keep in mind too, Zadarius Smith got hurt. But, you know, the second half when we didn't get pressure, but it's like, okay, but it's your job at that point in time to to dial up more pressure. Not just (laughs) say, well, well, now, you know, Kevin, now it's not working, but this isn't my fault. That's not how this works. Well, that's that. And that's the thing, Judd. Um, You had a coordinator who, has been doing this for a long time, was stuck in his ways. We don't like to blitz. You know, this is how we like to do it. It's been successful. It can be successful. But when you're having a player of Daniil Hunter's caliber and pedigree and he's ineffective for the first half of the season, something's wrong. And, you know, it was like week 11 where he told us he's still adjusting. Or week 12, it's like, really? Like, takes this long? Um so yeah, I just think he was slow to adjust and maybe didn't adjust at all. Um, you know, in terms of really being consistent with being aggressive, not only just bringing pressure, but allowing his corners to be aggressive and press and play man. It's just sitting back in that shell and just it's death by death by a you know thousand paper cuts is what it was. And the the, the irony of that was. They were still giving up big plays. His whole thing was, let's not get big, give up big plays. But they gave up probably more big plays than any <laughs> in the football. So it's like, that's it's still not 
taking away what you what you're hoping to take away. So that's why I I I would love to be a fly on the wall for these interviews with the defense coordinators to hear like what the message is from O'Connell, what he wants, what's his vision. And I guarantee it's pressure, be more aggressive, less predictable. We can't just sit back and, and play the way we did this year. So at, at this point in time, I, I think in the past four days, they have uh, talked to what appear to be, unless there's uh, unless there's a candidate we don't know about, the four finalists uh, that includes Mike Pettin, who was sort of O'Connell's bench coach and yeah. but, you know has head coaching experience and more importantly has been a, a D.C., do any of the names intrigue you thus far? Brian Flores. Yep. I mean, he would be my guy. Um, he's obviously up for a head coaching job, so that, that'll that probably dictate that. Um, but I, what he did at uh, Miami, and did I read this right, Judd? Did he play man more than any uh, team? Um, I think that's kind of his calling card. Now. Do they have the personnel cornerback? <laughs> right, because Pat P, again, if he plays man, is going to get exposed. Again, you might run into the personnel thing not lining up, but I go. I agree with you. I'd rather go down swinging. I'd rather go down being aggressive. Um, I mean, they're not going to be able to solve the personnel thing in one offseason. I mean, no. they're just not. And so I think I, I do get the sense that Quasi and him are taking a long view on this after listening to that. Um, you know, that press conference, I mean, they know that this roster has to get younger and faster and, and a lot of change has to happen. And you just, you just don't do that in one off season. So, um, I mean, you're, you're going to see a step backwards record wise. I mean, they're not going to win 13 games, you know, I don't think um, when you're trying to rebuild a defense and you're not going to win all those close games again next year. So, um, but I, Flores to me, I just like the aggressiveness that, that he, you know, that his reputation is and comes with. How much do you think too, that um, it's going to be a balancing act chipper because they, they won 13 games. We know that the Wilves always want to be competitive, right or wrong. And and we could certainly d- debate that that is wrong sometimes uh, because it's just like basically putting lipstick on a pig until the playoffs. But how much of this do you think is going to be sort of a difficult, difficult balancing act because you got a veteran quarterback, your offense is pretty damn good, and yet, to your point, and you're not wrong, the defense needs retooling. So, like, how how tough do you think it's going to – because, like, you can't, you can't do – you can't say now that you're going to do what the Bears did, which is, okay, we're just going to tear it down. You're yeah, too the, good offensively. You're going to win some games because of your offense. Or you well, it's, it's that thing. Um, I was thinking about this the other day where, you know, at some point they're going to have to have the, the exit – strategy with, with cousins and ideally you would bottom out and get a top 10 pick. You would be in a, you know, you get your Joe Burrow, Burrow or, or Josh Allen and be in that. I, I just don't see them being able to do that with the talent they have on offense. I mean, I just, and, and, um, and, and, you know, some key guys on defense, you know, um, but particularly on offense, I just don't see him being so bad that you're going to – now, you, can you, you know, trade things and move up, try to do that? You can do that. But um, it's sort of like that uh, – the Wild were, right, where they were yeah. stuck in mediocrity all those years. That, you know, bottom out and get that top five pick. Well, the owner doesn't want to bottom out, right? And you got too much talent to bottom out. And so you're sort of stuck. But that was – that was the thing with with – 
Zimmer's tenure too is like good enough to be competitive, not good enough to be realistically a, a contender in, in the playoffs. So I don't, how do you break that cycle? I don't know. That's been the story of the Vikings. It feels like more often than not. Yeah. And and like the Wilfs ha- haven't changed that one bit because they always want to be competitive. Like the 13 wins I'm sure to them was, Oh, we, we made the right hires. It's been great. And I think the question comes back to, okay, what did you get for that? But like, this is tough because your offense is a, it's certainly not perfect, Top ten, but it was damn it's good. Top 10 offense. Yeah, damn top good. 10 offense. And like, so, so your defense was hemorrhaging yards. And I just, I'm curious what they're going to do because they're, they're on such different paths and the defense eventually could get good, but it's going well, to take some time to what you're saying. Well, that's it. I mean, as they're constituted, they're going to be a top 10 offense next year. I mean, they just will be. And it should be better, yeah. Like, be- and so take a step is, the defense gonna be, is defense going to be as bad as they were this year? Even if they are, you still – I don't think you – I mean, you can't count on winning 11 one-score games, but you're not going to win four games with that offense. You're not going to win, you know. So um, that's, you know, that to me is going to be the interesting dilemma for Quasey is – Yes, you can find your franchise quarterback picking 22nd, 23rd. You can. But if you want the guy you want, you're going to have to be in the top 10 probably, right? Yes, which means you might have to try to trade up for that guy. And, and you know, we don't even know now. I, I think we, we can we can throw out theories, but no idea what the exit plan on Kirk is. I think they're going to sign him. If, if you put gun to the head right now, I think they're going to sign him to an extension in March for another year. And take him through two years. 24. Yes, and yeah. then have two years. That way you can you can draft your quarterback in 24. Yep. But again, Judd, you, you want to be in that top 10. So, I, I, so how are you, you going to get there? It, do you trade to get there? I mean, you can trade to get there. The Bears did I don't think, to get Justin Fields. I don't think record-wise is going to do it. I mean, no, I just don't think I just don't think they're going to be a, one of the ten worst teams. <laughs> you know, I just don't see but that. Can you, and so, but what I'm saying is, you you can yeah. if you're not. Let's say you're picking, you know, 16th or 17th. You can make a trade. I, I mean, the Chiefs went. You know, the Chiefs went to what to get Mahomes. Mahomes. You know, yeah, I don't know what he was, and it cost them a lot, but damn well worth it. I, Justin Fields well, might be worth it from Chicago. State. Yeah, you set you sacrifice some future. I mean, absolutely. If you feel like if you're committed and have that much conviction in a guy and you said, this is going to be our quarterback for 10 years. You do it. And so I, I agree with you, Joe, because I don't think, I don't think they want a lame duck year without knowing what the heck they're going to do after that. So I, it would not surprise me if they do lock in at two more years. Cause that would take Kirk to 36, right? He turns 35 in August. Yes. So he'll play out this year at 35 and then, yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, the way he keeps, himself and shape and all that I, I, that's not you know outlandish um and then you draft in 24 have them to have a red shirt year and then there's your extra sh- I, I think that's the most likely scenario mm-hmm. um but yeah it, i think you're gonna have to because i just don't see this team really really bottling out um i think you're gonna have to commit to a big package of picks and all that and move up to the top 10 and one thing I would love to know, too, is as the decision is made on this topic by the Vikings, what did that, if 
anything, and it had to influence a little bit, what did that last play offensively of the Giants game do? Because, you know, O'Connell, O'Connell and Kirk had come so far. And, yeah, I know. And you got to basically what they like to call nut cutting time, right? Like this is it. <laughs> we you yeah. know what? We're we've come this far. Let's continue. And you know, we could talk about the pressure, we can make excuses, but the fact is you needed eight yards and threw a check. Yeah, you know. So I'd love yeah. to know what O'Connell thinks now, because there's no way that that doesn't have some type of impact on his thought process. Yeah, I mean, but we know that he's a you know, a huge admirer of Cousins, and I don't think it's just a public thing. I mean, I think he genuinely believes in him. Um, I'm sure he had a, really? Like, <laughs> after all we, all we did this year? Really? That's the play? Um, but I'm, I'm sure they're also saying, okay, what's, what's the alternative? Like, you know, I don't think they would be saying anyways if he, you know, threw it 20 yards and complete it and they, you know, win and go get killed by San Francisco. I don't think they would be saying, let's do them to a five-year deal here. You know, I think they, they knew all along that, you know, this is going to be a short shelf life. Let's try to maximize it while we can. But at some point here, pretty fairly quickly, we're going to have to, uh, you know, move on. We're going to have to pivot and, and find a new guy. So I, I'm sure it probably frustrated O'Connell, but in big picture thing, I'm, I'm not sure it probably altered their outlook on how they're going to approach the future any, any differently. So if it's not the draft, what about this? There's reports, and I don't know exactly what the price tag would be, but there's reports from San Francisco that, you know, Purdy is almost certainly going to be the guy, which yeah. means Trey Lance sits, and there are reports that, the 49ers at least might entertain or th- that there might be talks about trading Trey Lance if that's the case, because his contract is ticking and it makes no sense to have him on yeah. the bench. Would you, would you entertain the thought process process? If O'Connell signs off and says, you know what? I saw him two days of practice. Yeah. I've seen him on film. I like him of trying to make him your QB of the future. I believe he'd be going into what year three of his contract. Three. Yeah. Next this season. Is three. So he's yeah, still I mean, on that contract. And I, I'm guessing O'Connell probably studied him pretty thoroughly in the draft process when he was in LA yeah, and saw him. So if he came to me and said, you know what? Love him. Absolutely love him. He's our guy. Then you, then you do, you know, I think you, you explore and see what it would cost. I have no idea what the price tag would be and what they would be asking for. Um, but if he's, if there's any like, eh, let's wait and see what is available in 24. Cause then, I mean, the one thing about that is Judd, the whole idea is to get, guy on you know the rookie contract right well you you, you've punted on two years and so you're you'd be pretty close to having to make it a big decision on like you know massive contract and so you don't give yourself a whole lot of time to be proven right (laughs) you know you better be a hundred percent sure he is the guy if you're going into year three um of his rookie deal so i i yeah i would be i don't know how much o'connell would be in favor of that versus you know, it'd be nice to have take a guy in twenty four, have him sit for one year, and then really, you know, have him be ready to hit the round the ground in year two. Hey, Trevor, as you watch the games um, in the divisional round, what uh, what basically hit you as far as where the Vikings need to go to get there? Because I, you know, it just those those games were 
three three of the four games. The Giants game was not fun, but three of the four games were entertaining to watch. And you saw some pretty good football played. What uh what basically hit you as being areas that the Vikings need to really, really upgrade to get to where those teams are? Can you get Joe Burrow? Well, <laughs> that's Patrick what you're trying Mahomes. to do, right? And can you get I, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes? I mean, Joe Burrow is just goodness gracious. Um, I think he's number two right now. I still think Mahomes is one. I think Burrow's two. I, I'd put him ahead of Josh Allen. Right now. Agree. Um, defense. I mean, Judd. That's the thing. You know, your your point earlier talk about coaches and not you know being having a, the clearest idea of the other thing. But I mean, when you watch the 49ers and the Shanahan offense, and then that remarkable defense goes out there. Um, I think forget even the the rookie quarterback. I mean, I to me they're the most complete team. Um, I love to watch that team play. But defense, I mean, uh, their defense, Eagles defense. Um, I thought Cincinnati was incredibly physical and beat up yes. the Buffalo Bills. Um, I thought Dallas's defense, you know, hung in there. I mean, um, this defense and and. It's the speed on defense and the aggressiveness. Watch the way the 49ers fly around and how physical they are and, and can run. That to me is like when you watch that and then you watch the Vikings, like, man, this is, they got a long way to go. So the hopeful thing about that, because I, I agree completely. I thought the first thing that stood out across the board from the defenses that we watched last weekend was just the speed. The second thing yeah. was the physical, like the Vikings, you know what? Not as, not everybody but the vikings as a team since about 2020 have been sort of soft like they're just like like when you watch san francisco they literally want to kick your ass which is awesome to watch um but the speed stuck out to me and here's where i do find fault with coaching okay and i i told phil and dex this this week as well but how on earth if you're o'connell or donatel how do you watch in the giants playoff game against the Vikings, Jordan Hicks. And before Asamoah got hurt, mm-hmm. suffered the concussion, how do you not say, we got to play this kid? Like, yeah. how did you not get his season high well, in snaps came against the Giants on Christmas Eve, Chipper? It was 27. I, and, and, Judd, I was there uh, late in the season where O'Connell's like, he, he's excited to see uh, Asamoah and Metellus play more and get more snaps. <clears throat> It's like hint, hint, hint. You know, it's like yeah. I want to see these guys on the field, and it, it just didn't materialize outside of the other game. And I was talking to Seifer about this during seasons. Like, we don't know a lot about him, but he stands out because he's fast. He's like the one guy that can run on the that, that defense. And um, yes, that's why I think people are hopeful. It's like just because he can run, and that's you know that's how the game is. And and O'Connell addressed it in his year ender. He said it's like so much of this game is space anymore and it's spreading you out. And, you know, Judd, we were there the two days or three days when the Niners were in here and they had the joint practices. Yeah. I mean, you watched them. You, I mean, the one thing that jumped out to me was they were incredibly big, like the whole team, like everybody was huge. And just, it just felt like they were in a different ball, a different weight class than what the, the Vikings were. And that, I mean, it was just across the board, just watching them, watching them practice, watching them run. I mean, it's just personnel. I mean, they, they that's where you felt like, man, the the Vikings really, really have to turn the roster over and upgrade their talent. And it goes back to, 
I did that column um, last week where what were the number of draft picks on defense that that uh, you had from the from the time of the Trey Waynes, Daniel Hunter, Eric Kendricks draft until now? I mean, they have swung and missed so many times on these guys, and yeah. either swung and missed on them or haven't developed them. One, right. of, you know, it's either or. Yes, yes, and and that's what really hit me, Chipper was. They haven't developed them. And like you watch, you know, Kansas City is playing a seventh round pick at running back. You know why? Because those guys can step in and play. And you look at the Vikings draft and the amount of players who they were just like, well, we can't play him. We know we, we're not going to play him. Like, I, I don't think that it's across the board excusable, but it sounds convincing to have Lewis Seen show up at training camp. Okay. He's your first round pick and say Cam Bynum is just clearly in front. It's your job to get Lewis Seen up to speed to play him. This is 2023. This ain't 1985. You're not Parcells, you know? Yeah. Like, you need your draft class. You need to maximize that thing. And I get that some guys got hurt, and Seen eventually did too. But, again, he wasn't hurt in training camp. And they never yeah. even – and and they, they said, well, he's not prepared to play yet. He can't play yet. Well, my comeback is, okay, get him prepared to play – and at least have a package in which he can help you because, again, he's young and he's fast enough. And when I watched yeah. your defense, it looked like a bunch of guys our age playing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's that mentality is like, just because you're a first-round pick, we're not going to, you know, guarantee, you know, walking in day one of starters. Like, you took him in the first round because he's a special talent. Correct. Like, get that guy on the field. You know, find a way that you can get him on the field. And, and yeah, he was basically a special teams guy before he got hurt. So that's. I mean, just the lack of productivity from these draft classes that they've had has forced them to rely on older veterans who are on the backside of their career. And it's just it, – that's why you see a slow defense out there. And um, that has to change. I mean, Quasey has to be very, very good at drafting right now. He just does. I mean, they cannot have any more empty drafts where – where you have guys that either don't contribute or you, you have to sit because you don't think they're good enough. I mean, they need to get young talent on this, on this roster and Quickly. develop and develop it and develop play. it. And yeah. Yeah. Jimmer, great stuff. We will talk to you soon, man. Be good. All right, bros.